Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, as always, if you haven't, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. It's a great study guide or a great refresher if you're out in practice. So I know a lot of uh, pharmacology students have taken advantage of that free resource. So uh, go check that out. Simply an email will get you access to that at reallifepharmacology.com. All right, let's get into the drug of the day today. And that is diclofenac. Brand name of this medication is Voltaren. And I'm going to primarily focus on oral administration of diclofenac for uh, this episode. So um, keep in mind the absorption from using the topical agent is much, much less uh, than using the oral agent, obviously. Um, So some of the side effects that uh, show up uh, at higher, higher risk for oral systemic administration um, may not be quite as true if we're giving the uh, topical agent there. But um, so when I'm discussing this, I just wanted to lay that out and say, hey, I'm I'm reviewing oral and systemic uh, adverse effects uh, with this medication in this episode, uh, and I'll potentially do diclofenac gel uh, in a future episode. All right, so this medication. Uh, is an analgesic. It's an NSAID, and mechanistically how NSAIDs work uh, is they inhibit COX-1 and COX-2 enzymes and ultimately uh, reduce prostaglandin synthesis. Now, there's a few different prostaglandins, and um, they're responsible for a variety of things, uh, but how they work in uh, pain relief and inflammation and fever Uh, that's an important aspect to remember with diclofenac and why we would potentially use this medication. So again, prostaglandins are kind of mediators and they're responsible for uh, inflammation, pain, and fever. And with diclofenac, we reduce those prostaglandins and ultimately uh, can help alleviate inflammation, pain, uh, and fever. So what conditions is this medication used for? Obviously, any type of acute pain, it can be beneficial for that. Uh, I have historically seen it uh, in situations where there's generally much more inflammation uh, because NSAIDs can help with that significantly. So uh, rheumatoid arthritis is probably the most common situation I've seen diclofenac used for. Uh, It can be used in gout management, osteoarthritis, uh, migraine, and then obviously any generalized uh, acute pain as well. Uh, dosing and dosage forms, uh, the immediate release formulation is dosed uh, typically two to maybe up to three or four times per day. Um, I've seen in practice most often twice a day or three times a day. Uh, the immediate release dosage forms, uh, 25, 50, and, and 75 milligrams are the most common. Uh, usual daily dose, um, 100 to maybe up to 150 milligrams per day in those uh, divided doses there. So, and the reason why um, immediate release needs to be dosed uh, so frequently is because uh, it's got a shorter half-life of just two hours. The extended release product can get away um, with a little bit longer interval and obviously less frequent dosing there. All right, let's get into adverse effects. So, first and foremost, I wanted to start with boxed warnings and 
Um, both of these box warnings are class-related, so NSAID-related. Uh, so the first one uh, involves ri increased risk of cardiovascular events, so MI, stroke, for example. Uh, and again, this is a class box warning. Uh, and the other one is GI bleed. Um, and in addition uh, to that GI bleed risk and having a boxed warning, it also shows up on the uh, beers criteria, which is medications that are potentially uh, inappropriate for elderly patients. Now, I do want to dig a little bit deeper here. So um, recall that NSAIDs have varying degrees of cardiovascular risks and GI bleed risk. So where does diclofenac kind of fall uh, in line with all the other NSAIDs? So um, one big downside to diclofenac is it is significantly high risk on the cardiovascular risk side effects. Um, so that's that's a challenge. If you've got anybody with um, you know ASCVD or risk of heart attack, stroke, things of that nature, uh, diclofenac is probably one you're going to want to steer clear of. Uh, and if you recall, uh, of the NSAIDs, naproxen tends to be uh, the lowest risk when it comes to, to cardiovascular risks there. Uh, and if you want to go to uh, MedEd 101, simply uh, Google search NSAID comparison table at meded101.com. Um, and you can kind of find a lot of these different NSAIDs laid out and the uh, risks and how risky they are um, in cardiovascular risk. And then I also lay out GI bleed risk as well. So diclofenac, as far as GI bleed risk goes, um, is fairly high. I would, wouldn't call it the highest, um, you know, you'd probably call ketorolac or something like that, the highest risk GI bleed NSAID. Um, but diclofenac definitely is uh, significant there. Uh, typically with the um, COX-2 inhibitor celecoxib um, being the lowest GI bleed risk, kind of in that, you know, NSAID scale and, and categorization. Uh, other adverse effects to think about with diclofenac, so edema, uh, fluid sodium retention can definitely happen uh, with diclofenac, so that is especially problematic in anyone uh, who's already fluid overload, so CHF probably being the, the most common example, uh, and then you know you can have situations like cirrhosis with ascites, for example, where uh, edema could be worsened by diclofenac. Uh, GI upset kind of alluded to that with the, the GI bleed, but it's important to recognize I've seen numerous examples of the prescribing cascade with NSAIDs like diclofenac where they get started on diclofenac and then they ultimately, uh, you know, week, two weeks later, they get started on a PPI or a GI uh, type medication to reduce uh, symptoms of GI issues. Well, that those symptoms could definitely be caused by a drug by diclofenac. So um, really pay attention to that uh, for sure there. So in addition to kind of heartburn, obviously GI bleed, ulceration, uh, things of that nature, administration-wise to reduce that GI upset, um, generally recommend to, to give with food or milk. Other adverse effects, uh, increase in blood pressure, um, usually not crazy significant, but I think it definitely is something to uh, remember in patients that are, are particularly non-responsive to um, blood pressure lowering medications or if their blood pressure is significantly too high. 
uh, can increase bleed risk on its own, even in addition to uh, GI bleed risk. Uh, so pay attention to bruising, bleeding, things of that nature. Uh, and then, of course, NSAIDs like diclofenac can impair renal function as well. Uh, so when we talk about monitoring parameters, obviously, you know, bleeding, bruising, we're going to look at CBC, um, hemoglobin, platelets may be important there. Uh, renal panel, of course, looking at uh, creatinine, monitoring that kidney function is uh, going to be critical there. Uh, there have been some uh, rare increases in LFTs. Uh, so you may see that recommended periodically or if there's uh, clinically significant uh, concern uh, with that. Um, generally not something I'm, I'm too highly concerned about, but um, it's way uh, in the back of my head as far as risks associated with NSAIDs. All right, I'm going to take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, BCM, TMS, NAPLEX, or others, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've got a great list of resources that have helped thousands of pharmacists uh, pass their board exams. So a uh, great way to support this podcast is to support uh, meded101.com slash store. Uh, in addition, if you're a nurse practitioner, PA, uh, med student, nursing student, tons of other resources available, books from Amazon. Uh, all those links help support the podcast. Uh, so again, go check out all those resources at meded101.com store. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. There are definitely plenty uh, with NSAIDs. Uh, a lot of them have to do uh, with additive effects uh, versus uh, SIP interactions. So uh, definitely cover a lot of them. So if you can recognize some of the adverse effects, you're probably going to recognize some of these drug interactions. So uh, first and foremost, I think about bleed risk. That's definitely something you have to pay attention to. Patients on anticoagulants like apixaban, for example, uh, warfarin, patients on antiplatelet agents, uh, clopidogrel, aspirin therapy, uh, adding diclofenac on top of that will increase bleeding risks and probably most specifically will increase the risk for GI bleed. Really, really important to pay attention to that one. Uh, renal impairment, adding on other drugs that can worsen renal function. So loop diuretics, for example, ACE inhibitors, ARBs, uh, thiazide diuretics, uh, definitely lots of medications that can impact renal function that could have uh, that could exacerbate uh, the risk for uh, renal impairment and acute renal failure. So definitely remember that with diclofenac and NSAIDs in general. Uh, elevations in blood pressure. Uh, so you know these uh, diclofenac can go to directly oppose some of the blood pressure lowering meds that we're maybe trying to use to manage hypertension. Uh, and then it can definitely oppose diuretic action. We often add uh, furosemide, a loop diuretic, to manage edema and swelling. Uh, keep in mind, diclofenac can do just the opposite and try to make that edema worse, basically, and oppose the beneficial effects that we're trying to have uh, with a drug like furosemide. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, there is uh, some SIP interaction potential there. 
Uh, so CYP2C9 inhibitors can raise concentrations of diclofenac. Uh, CYP2C9 inducers can lower concentrations. Uh, some examples that you might see as far as inhibitors go uh, include fluconazole or voriconazole, uh, CYP2C9 inducer, uh, rifampin's kind of a, a classic example that we always see uh, mentioned in the, the literature there that could lower concentrations of diclofenac. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the episode for today. Do me a huge favor, leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. I greatly appreciate that. It helps us grow the podcast. Share us with friends, colleagues, um, email listservs, anyone who may benefit from pharmacology education. Uh, we rely on your continued support uh, to help share this podcast. And obviously, hope I hope you benefit from it. Uh, if you feel like you could benefit from uh, other drugs or other things that, that I, you feel I should cover, uh, definitely don't hesitate to reach out, mededucation101 at gmail.com, or you can track me down on LinkedIn, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. Uh, also, don't forget to support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Tons of resources, tons of books. We've got fun stuff, uh, crossword puzzles, uh, all sorts of, of different uh, books that will help you learn pharmacology better. So uh, until next time, I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day.